I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And, uh, you know, I've been out uh, all uh, uh, since uh, last week, uh, since Friday, and um, actually since Thursday, uh, traveling. And, you know, I uh, had so much I wanted to talk about with respect to the, uh, um, uh, you know, the Pelosi story and uh, what happened in Brazil and uh, our own election here domestically. Uh, it's, it's heating up. I have a whole bunch of poll numbers for you. And I have some interesting clips uh, related to the Biden crime family, as well as like a recount. Uh, and I think a really good synopsis of of the whole Pelosi debacle. Um you know, a lot of people, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting to see how the media plays this out. Of course, uh, this guy wrote, a, a, I guess, a blog uh, about the um, oppressed and about the elite and the establishment. And, you know, he, he's sort of living in a uh, compound, uh, the, the, the Pepe guy, right? David DePepe, uh, taking a hammer to uh, Paul Pelosi. That Paul Pelosi, man, whew, he's a partying fool for 82 years old. I mean, this guy, and apparently none of the cameras work in this security <laughs> compound. And uh, reminds me of Jeffrey Epstein, right? Um, no cameras were working that day. Um, so, you know, you have the fixes in on this and the media is just going to cover up. Uh, it's a reminder of where we are as a banana republic which um, is all about power. The same thing that's happening in Brazil is going to ha- could very well happen here in the United States. And we could just, we'll be lost. We'll be lost. The Founding Fathers didn't see this coming. They could not have stopped it. I mean, this is just absolute, you know, what you have right now, I think, one of the ways that they're perpetrating their, their, their takeover of power is I think that they're using scientifically 
social media to indoctrinate and to sort of MK Ultra program people's brains, conditioning, and it's an all-out assault. You know, those cisgender weirdos, those transgender uh, morons are, are all part of the army to seize power. It wasn't enough for acceptance. It wasn't enough to shake your hand. You know, McCarthy was right. Back in the day, McCarthy said, you know, as soon as you let this communism enter, it's all about aggression. It's all about takeover. It's all about domination. It's all about control and power. And we've allowed unelected officials to actually do this, like Klaus Schwab, World Economic Forum, infiltrate the government and our DA's office and our Department of Education. And what is the result? We see our children's education declining. We see it with every test score that they go through, the testing. We see it with the exploitation of pandemics. And not only that, we see it with the financing of the pandemic. Because it was Fauci who's really guilty of war crimes. Because he financed the gain of function that leaked out of the Wuhan virus that led to a pandemic that was then seized in, uh, with an, like, like an opportunity for globalists to control the world. Klaus Schwab keeps putting his foot in his mouth and suggesting these things. Meanwhile, the censorship, the other thing that our founding fathers could not have foreseen is the whole internet. And, and how that's transpired. And I remember those days when Mark Zuckerberg and Jack Dorsey would sit up there on Capitol Hill in the committees and say what they intended these online communities to be all about. And it's funny, you know, you can make all kinds of jokes and you can create all kinds of memes with any other subject, But when it comes to climate, COVID, you can't. When it comes to the Hunter Biden story, you can't. And when it comes to um, politics, you can't. When it comes to political correctness, you can't. When it comes to, um, you know, these ideologies surrounding the LBGTQ, Black Lives Matter, trans, cisgender this, whatever. You can't. But if you want to talk about, you know, the rights and wrongs of a violin tuning, you can. So obviously they're driven politically, which makes new credibility or lends new credibility to this new story that's come out about how the government has been directly involved, directly involved in the, um, with the social media giants. They're directly involved now. And that's kind of scary. That they are financing. There is an open back door to Facebook and Twitter where the government was in full control of censorship, online censorship. It wasn't even a secret. It was, it's coming out now. 
that the government was directly involved in in all of this censorship. Now, if you think about the ramifications of that, think about the idea that they actually banned a U.S. president, the same one that they tried to impeach. And they actually are doing things like more official, you know, like um, the Mar-a-Lago raid, the Russian hoax, the Ukrainian impeachment. And look at what we're doing with Ukraine now. It's criminal. You know, Vladimir Putin is actually right when he speaks up against trans this and NATO aggression and globalism as a threat to freedom. He was speaking in Russia, in Moscow, at the Valdai Conference. It's an annual conference. And he made a lot of sense. And so the enemy of my enemy is my friend applies here. Because all he's trying to do is suggest that the growth of NATO in the wake of COVID and the COVID uh, attack on humanity itself is a threat to global freedom. And this whole interest in social credit score systems and, and bank controls of, uh, digital ba- uh, of your digital money and your whole existence in life and, and organizations like PayPal that are installing $2,500 fines for misinformation and the misinformation is defined by who? Of course, it's defined by the government or them. You know, Senator Ron Johnson said this. He said, hearing Dr. Peter McCullough has been stripped of his medical certifications. Huh? On what basis did this occur, he asks, Senator Ron Johnson. He has dedicated his life to saving others. This is outrageous and must be reversed. And it will be reversed when we take back the Senate and when we take back the House. But this whole thing about the government being directly involved with the with the uh, social media giants is disturbing. They were directly involved in censoring a president. They're directly involved in censoring um, <clears throat> censoring uh, your political opponents. It's exactly what Zelensky's doing. You know, the one that they're, they're defending with democracy, but they're really defending. Rising Serpent says, isn't it amazing how the media hasn't figured out the January 6th pipe bomber, the Supreme Court leaker, a single one of Epstein's clients, the motive of the Las Vegas shooter, but they knew Paul Pelosi's midnight visitor was MAGA even before both could put their underwear back on. Oh, we're hearing that that might not be the case either. No, they may have been fully dressed now. Hey, show the police body cam. Why don't you do that? Wouldn't that be nice for a change? A little bit of transparency. Chad Pergram writes, colleague Bill Malugin reports per ICE source that the suspect in the Paul Pelosi, um, David Tepepe, is... Uh, in the U.S. illegally as a long-time visa overstay. Ooh! You know, Gavin Newsom has something to do about that, right? 
And he's related to the Gettys, and he's related to the Pelosi's in some weird way of marriage. The final nail in the coffin of the BS far-right-wing violence narrative is that Paul Pelosi's mysterious 2 a.m. underwear-clad is a BLM and rainbow flag-flying illegal alien. I can't stop laughing. Of course, he lives in this sort of like this hippie utopia in some van that says, you are beautiful, with a rainbow flag sitting out front. And, a, and you know, the thing is, the city of San Francisco won't even disclose his criminal record, which might indicate that he was a male prostitute somehow at Paul Pelosi's house at 2, a. In, <laughs> 2 in the morning wearing underwear. And then there was some strange a story about maybe a third person opening the door. Since... Paul Pelosi and the hippie who was um, not married but living with and had two kids with, Gypsy Taub, who is a nudist and a Russian uh, import, a Russian immigrant and and a nudist that, um, that ended up, uh, they had two kids together. According to De Pepe's or Elizabeth Tau or, or uh, Gypsy Taub's sibling, I think it was David De Pepe's brother or something or something like that. Family member uh, indicated these things. So Elon Musk also has taken over Twitter. That's another big story, right? And just to give you an idea of how fake the New York Times is. The New York Times says, Elon Musk, in a tweet, shares link from site known to publish false news. And of course, Elon Musk posts an image of that and says, this is fake. I did not tweet out a link to the New York Times. (laughs) He can say anything he wants. He's not going to get banned. Elon Musk said this. He said, if I had a dollar for every time someone asked me if Trump is coming back on this platform, Twitter would be minting money. Minting money. While Elon Musk tweets, Wachtel and Twitter board deliberately hid the evidence from the court. Stay tuned. More to come. So there is a uh, interesting dynamic to this, and it has to do with this government takeover of the social media giants to rig elections. I mean, this is election uh, electioneering. So Elon Musk tweets this out. He says, comedy is now legal on Twitter. He's having fun. Elon Musk says, tweets, Twitter will be forming a content moderation council with widely diverse viewpoints. No major content decisions or account reinstatement will happen before that council convenes. And Disclose TV writes, Justin Elon Musk Twitter uh, says Twitter's board and the U.S. law firm Wachtel deliberately hid evidence from the court. Oh, that's a big deal. And then there's a meme here from Emmy. He says, it's a picture of Jerry Nadler. It says, I object to entering Hunter Biden's laptop into the congressional record. 
That is all you need to know, folks. See, by putting something into the congressional record makes it a public document. You know, handled by our representatives. The Last Refuge Conservative Treehouse writes, Conspiracy No More. Leaked DHS documents show portal connections where government officials back-channel instructions to social media engineers and conduct surveillance. That is outrageous. Outrageous. So I'm going to read this one too. Alex Berenson, it all happened. And by the summer of 2020, anyone who understood the data could see the media drama had one primary and successful goal, to destroy Donald Trump's chances for re-election. The problem was they wound up scaring themselves and many Americans so badly that they had to have a solution to walk back what, they done, what they've done. The solution was the mRNAs. And now we are here, here we are with an excess death wave that unlike any previous pandemic will not stop. They just did a heart scan of um, Big Ten athletes, and 50% of them had myocarditis, and all of them were required to take the jab. Rising Serpent writes this. He says, The magnitude of the U.S. diesel shortage has crossed a critical threshold, and things get very bad Fast from here, Biden and his band of useful idiots have deliberately endangered the lives of countless Americans and the human toll of stupid and evil policies will hit hard. And you know what they did? They, what they did is they greased the skids on the American economy with these injections of student loan forgiveness and the inflation reduction, which is going to increase inflation because you're printing money again. And what they did was they just basically, you know, took out another loan to pay the rent, which incidentally is up. Uh, I guess 40% of businesses this month in October, or the past October, uh, this past month, um, they can't pay their rent. That's up from... Uh, like 25% or something. It's 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 way up. I also uh, read a report that said the national debt, credit card debt, is really at an unhealthy level. And of course, inflation is killing us all, and the price of oil to heat our homes is going to be astronomical. And the worst is still yet to come. And foreclosures are about to happen Investment institutional investors who bought up all the homes that jacked up the prices artificially are going to uh, liquidate their portfolios and get out of the market. And that's why you know I do recommend buying our <clears throat> buying our gold product. The one that we've endorsed is the uh, is the uh, the gold company. Um, Genesis Gold. Genesis Gold is the company that we are uh, promoting. And you can contact them 
at 800-385-4653. That's 1-800-385-4653 or 1-800-385-GOLD if you want to convert your IRA to gold. A lot of people have their money tied up in an IRA. And those IRAs generally use what's called a mutual index fund. And those index funds, although the stock market lately has been pretty good, it's overinflated. And we have three sectors right now that are overinflated. The housing market, the stock market, and the bond market are <clears throat> all struggle are, are all struggling. And when you have one sector in bad shape, it could spell a lot of anxiety. But when you have two you end up like Japan in the late 90s, a complete total collapse. If you have three, you end up closer to Argent, uh, Venezuela. The, one of the biggest stories that's going on right now is the rigged election in Brazil. And Charlie Kirk's been all over this. And he posted this meme And he says this, he says, in Brazil, Bolsonaro just got Californiaed. He won every region of the country except the Northeast, the area notorious for its corruption, crime, and rule by drug traffickers. But with simple majority rules, one populous region is all that's left, all the left needed. So that's why they want the popular vote here in America because they can rig L.A. and San Francisco and New York and Atlanta and Milwaukee and Detroit and all these in Philadelphia and Pittsburgh and things like that. Just kind of like what we saw. And the same people that saw a lot of uh, shenanigans in these pockets in, in the United States are the ones that support the popular vote. So that flyover company and... Uh, flyover uh, states are less represented. Of course, the Electoral College has its purpose, and it's great, and it's what makes the Republic of the United States so great. But this, uh, you're already seeing riots in the streets, looting. You're, you're going to see an exodus like there's never been out of South America. Guess where they're going, folks? into our country. They're going to hopefully take their conservative values. Hopefully the liberals will stay there and the, and the, uh, and the conservatives will come up north. But this is going to be a real humanitarian crisis. And you say, why is it that you're going to have an exodus as soon as the socialists start running the show in this rigged election? And the reason why is because they didn't win it fair and square. Do you think that Joe Biden right now, with his 28 to 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 38 percent approval rating, depending on which poll you look at, do you think that Joe Biden represents America? No, he doesn't. Not even close. He doesn't represent anybody. How did he get elected? Oh. Better yet, how did he get elected with 81 million votes, the most votes in, that any president's ever received in the, in the world, other than India and China? 
you know, in history of America. He's got the most votes, more than Obama, more than Trump, who fills up arena after arena. How in the world did that happen? I would love to know. Love to know that. Of course, it's rigged. And sooner or long, we're not even going to have representatives that represent us. They're going to represent the global interests like Klaus Schwab. Here's Klaus Schwab right here. Let's take a listen to what Klaus Schwab has to say. If there's one lesson we can take out of this crisis, it's that the World Economic Forum should be shut down, all young global leaders removed from government, and Klaus Schwab locked up in prison. I think one lesson which we take out of this uh, crisis is this notion of mutual interdependence. Because even as individuals, we had to take care not to infect someone else and not to be infected. And the same we have to apply now on a global level. As long as not everybody is vaccinated, nobody will be safe. Wow. Okay. That's bizarre. That's really bizarre because actually... That's not what's going on right now. We're finding out more and more about how these um, how these uh, vaccines have hurt people. Charlie Kirk writes this, though. Here's how students plan on spending your tax dollars from the Biden's illegal loan forgiveness vote buying scheme. There, 46 percent of the people that are getting the student loan forgiveness are going to go on vacation. The other 46 are just going to dine out more. Well, dining out is actually going to be more attractive, especially if you can get like a buy one, get one at Chick-fil-A or Subway or Chipotle or whatever because the grocery bills are going up and up and up and it's almost cheaper to order out fast food, order a salad if you can, and get the discount on the phone app and that might be a better way to go to survive in this miserable economy. So 46% of these student loan forgiveness, 46% vacation, 46% dining out, 44% they're going to buy themselves a smartphone, 43% investing in stocks, 42% gift giving, 36% gaining gaming systems like Xbox and Play, PlayStation. 30%, they're going to put it toward their weddings. 28%, they're going to drink it up, party, buy drugs and alcohol, and 27%, gambling. They're just going to take it. And speaking of gambling, Powerball is up to $1.2 billion. My goodness. Didn't see that coming either. But yeah, that's the thing. That's what's going on these days. And um, they're just, they don't need the money. They're, they're, they're taking it and they're spending it any which way that they want. All right. So I have a couple of more things I wanted to share with you before we get to some poll numbers. A lot of poll numbers here. Um, but I, I wanted to read this one. Rising Serpent. Serpent said, something is horrifically wrong when those who predicted that Trump-Russia collusion was BS, that vaccines weren't effective, and that Biden was a puppet installed to decimate America, 
get called conspiracy theorists, while the ones who got everything wrong get called experts. Let's take a listen to uh, Dr. Malone. He's the doctor that was one of the pioneers and inventors of mRNA. Let's take a listen to this. So, Kirk, you're probably the most uh, qualified physician scientist. Well, this is Dr. Malone talking. He's giving an interview to another doctor. But let's take a listen to what they have to say. About 50% of athletes in the Big Ten have had cardiac scans and have myocarditis without symptoms, without symptoms. I've encountered for talking about pediatric uh, damage to the heart associated with both the virus and the vaccine. Um, are, in your opinion, if we have the mandates deployed in the state of California that Governor Newsom has signed into law, are we going to see significant numbers of death in, in damaged hearts in California from the vaccines? Well, I, I, th- well, I, I think depending on how many people they get to take it, um, yeah, I think the number is just a numbers game. I think as you look around the world, we're getting down to a number of somewhere between one and 3,000, one and 6,000. If we allow those kids to stay active and play, I think there's a lot of myocarditis that is under the radar. A recent study on uh, elite athletes out of the Big Ten showed that when they looked at the, the cardiac MRI of the elite athletes, almost 50% had, or around 50% had um, myocarditis that couldn't be, wasn't known by symptoms, um, but was seen on cardiac MRI, and that puts them at risk for sudden death. Uh, so I, I think that it, as we ramp this up for really um, to try to get everyone, like the mandate in California, to get you have to have a vaccine in order to go to school, then I think by what we see around the world, then the numbers of myocarditis cases will go up, and we may we may have an increase in sudden cardiac death associated with myocarditis just in kids playing on the field. So that's scary, people. That's really scary. And, um, you know, while I was watching that, uh, watch, I was listening to that with you all. Um, uh, it says here, uh, this guy writes, congratulations to Klaus Schwab on becoming president of Brazil. All right. Because it, what's happening, what he's suggesting there is that these uh, s- radical socialists are Klaus Schwab disciples that you know are basically puppets of the globalist system, and uh, it's a scary, scary proposition. Okay, there's a couple of things here. I want to I, I want to listen to this clip here. Is resharing this because let's forgive, right? Nope. Let's take a listen. So I'm not going to forget. I'm not going to forget what the government did and didn't do over the last number of years. I'm not going to forget what the police forces in countries all around the world did to their own citizens. The overreach and tyranny that they participated in because they were just following orders. I'm not going to forget any of that. I'm not going to forget children being ripped out of school, being taken away from their friends and shoved into online classes that were not helpful to them, that damaged them emotionally and psychologically, that they in some ways might never come back from. Kids are resilient, but I'm not sure how resilient. 
I'm not going to forget the fact that friends of mine, that loved ones of mine, lost their jobs and their businesses because they would not follow totalitarian crazy regulations and crazy mandates that didn't change anything, that didn't help anything. I'm not going to forget the fact that because of government oversight, because governments are not tremendously good oftentimes at responding to emergencies, I didn't get to see my family for three years. I still haven't seen my family and I'm not the only one. I'm not going to forget the fact that people couldn't see their loved ones as they were dying in hospital. They couldn't go to cemeteries, couldn't go to their funerals, couldn't say goodbye. I'm never going to forget any of that. Because if the last number of years has taught us anything, it's that government a lot of the time has no idea what they're doing. And they act without consequence, without repercussion. And you, you are the one who loses out. But they don't care. They don't care and they never will. So I'm not going to forget. And I hope that you weren't either. That was Dr. Sydney Watson. Dr. Sydney Watson. Um, and she makes a lot of sense. You know what's happening as well? Democrats are not, are, are, have had enough. And there are so many Democrats that are, that are switching parties. Take a listen. I've been a lifelong... This is a Pennsylvania voter right here. I've been a lifelong Democrat, but I'm here to tell you today that I'm flipping to Republican. I can no longer follow this party. That is Kathleen DiCarluccio, a Democrat who's voting Republican. And that's interesting. Um, let's take a listen to Joe Rogan. Now, I'm going to have to mute um, one section of this because he says a curse word. So I'm going to do my best here. The red wave that's coming is going to be like the elevator doors shining. <laughs> Wait, the wait, red wait. wave that's coming is going to be like the elevator doors opening up in The Shining. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I think. I think people are just like, what? You're, they're making Republicans. I don't know how they're doing it. It's. I had a family member who is an, who's a boomer and a diehard liberal, and they told me when I was home this summer that they would vote for DeSantis. And I'm like, how did you lose this person? Yeah. How did you lose this person? This is a this is a like go to the ballot and vote blue no matter what, and you've lost even the the boomers. You've the red wave. Yeah, it's incredible. And um, uh, what's happening? And it's because of all the lies and this is overreach. They just overdid it, you know, with their power. They they were drunk on power. It's sort of like somebody who can't stop drinking once they start. They're just, they're just like, okay, you know, you've had enough. And they're like, no, I need more. They're addicted to power. And they're addicted to winning. But in the end, when people do that, you always see these stories, don't you, in life? You see these stories of these people that skyrocket. They get every opportunity and they get super rich and then they get depressed and then they lose it all and they get addicted to drugs and they just sort of self-sabotage. And instead of doing good, Instead of doing right by people, instead of doing, you know, 
it, it reminds me of the story that I've always told about Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky. And the story goes like this. Here's a guy, he was like 53, 54 years old at the time. He was one of the youngest presidents that ever uh, walked the halls of the White House. And here was this, you know, fairly chubby girl, an intern. She was all but 20, 21 years old, young, probably had some self-esteem issues, probably was insecure about her weight, whatever it is. And she walks in as an intern, and instead of looking at this person and saying, I want to help this person be the best that they can be to reach their goals and to have dignity and self-respect and self-worth and build them up, not tear them down, but instead, you know, you end up exploiting this person. You use your power to exploit a young person, a young, I call a 21-year-old a child, but I'm older. But, you know, the thing is, is that you take advantage of that opportunity or that situation as a president of the United States, the most powerful man in the world, and you take this intern and you use her for your own whatever. And it's disgusting. He had an opportunity, Bill Clinton did, uh, took a Y in the road. He was at a fork in the road, and he took, he took the, the, uh, the road that hurt, hurt a person. It hurt many people. It hurt our country for his own personal gain, or what he thought was a personal gain. And he, he doesn't realize, but it really wasn't a personal gain for him. It was a personal tragedy. Because it's like a cancer. It ate away at his soul. And the Democrats are doing it now. They had every opportunity to do great for our country. They were given the media. They were given the, uh, the, the rigged system. But anytime you have this cheating, this unfair, and it is cheating to have a backdoor uh, to control all the censorship at the big tech giants. To deplatform a president of the United States like they do with Donald Trump, to manufacture J6, to manufacture the Russian hoax, to manufacture the impeachment trials. And so many of the Republicans, like Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham, were just tools, absolute tools. But things are happening that are good. Things are happening. And we're going to take our country back one way or the other. Let's hope that the Founding Fathers really gave us the tools to make things right. Because we are certainly at a crossroads in our country, and we are in a place of where we are in a battle for our lives. Let's face it. I have a lot of poll numbers here. Just to give you an idea of where we are on some of these really important races around the country, um, we have um, a Wick Insights poll says um, Tudor Dixon is one point ahead of Gretchen Whitmer. 
Without undecideds, Tudor Dixon's two points ahead of Gretchen Whitmer. And that is a wick.io, my.wick.io. Wick.io is the poll. Now, there's another poll that has Gretchen Whitmer up. This one has Tudor Dixon up. So we can, um, you know, but we're going to run through these polls. But I am going to go ahead and quickly take this call for a minute or two. Caller, you're on the air. Hey. Hey, morning, Scott. Hi. Hi. Yeah, I'm uh, kind of weird... uh, feelings about this whole the the Lewinsky thing that you were explaining I mean it seems to me because you're you're saying that she uh felt like demeaned or like she was being taken advantage of or something but she was a she was a groupie what I think she was feeling on top of the world she's having sex with the president of the United States well we're not really talking about you don't think she was thumbing her nose at Hillary the whole time she was doing that Okay. You know, and she and 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 Bill Clinton. Right. I mean, he was having sex with a groupie. Okay. Okay. He got and he got caught. That All was right. the whole thing. All right. I, I don't think that she was really being used. I think she was getting what she wanted. Okay. All right. That's, and so was he. Okay. Well, anyway, it's not that important right now, is it? The cover up was the cover up was the was the bad thing about that. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for that. Is that what you called in for? No. I just, I, I, I was just, uh, I, I don't know. I, I hear people when they when they try to um, uh, demonize that whole situation. I, I think that it's, you know, he. he okay, it's not it's not important, but we have poll numbers that we want to go into now because we're talking about an election that's going to happen in a week. All right. Thank you. Okay. All right. Take care. Bye. And um, all right, so we're going to get to uh, the poll numbers. Tudor Dixon has a good chance. Is the point that I'm making. And that is uh, um, the Gretchen Whitmer deserves to go down. There's a lot of things that she did. She wouldn't allow you to uh, even buy tools at the hardware store. Uh, since you were locked in at home, you weren't allowed to go and buy the tools that would allow you to do landscaping in your yard. Um, things like that. Just absolute Gestapo-like tactics for senseless reasons. People should just never forget. Like that woman just said, we played... Never forget. All right. You know, the other one is Alaska. I haven't heard anything about Alaska. Now, um, uh, Shabata, well, let's hope that she wins. And, and it's looking pretty good for Shabaka because when it's just Murkowski and Shabaka, it's 50 50 right now. 50 50. But when you throw in Chespro, a Democrat, Guess what happens? And Chesbro's in this race. It's a it's a jungle it's a jungle election kind of thing. And it's um Chewbacca. It's like why isn't anyone talking about the Alaska Senate race? The only poll in the RCP average has Chewbacca tied with Murkowski, um, but not really, because when the Democrat Chesbro is in that race, Chewbacca is up by ten points. So what's interesting is the Democrat takes votes away from Lisa Murkowski, which tells you everything you need to know about Lisa Murkowski. She's a Demo- she's, she has Democrat tendencies, right? And Mike Lee was having, being tested by the Trump-hating Evan McMullen. 
And um, he's now beating Evan McMullen by 10 points in Utah, right? But then there's this other race. Um, a new poll, Drazen, Drazen uh, holds two-point lead over uh, Tina Kotek in Oregon. Now, Christine Drazen, I think this is for the governor's race. This is governor's race. This is Trafalgar. This is very legit. And you got a Drazen two points up over Kotek. And uh, wouldn't that be something if Oregon had a conservative governor, right? J.D. Vance is up five points over Tim Ryan in Ohio. J.D. Vance holds five-point lead over Tim Ryan in Ohio's Senate race. This is the CYGN.AL signal. This is the signal poll, I guess. Yeah, oh yeah, signal. That's C-Y-G-N-A-L, yeah, signal. All right, so here's another very important race. Nevada poll, Trafalgar. Uh, Adam Laxalt, the Republican, has a four-point lead over Catherine Cortez Masto. And Governor Lombardo, uh, for the governor's race, Joe Lombardo, is seven points up over Steve Sisolak, the incumbent. That's a Trafalgar poll. That's pretty doggone good. Then you got this other poll. It says, Independence, Joe Biden's job approval. Prove. One says 36, one says 31, one says 28. The civics poll is 28 approval for Joe Biden. That's that's absolutely disastrous. Remember, Donald Trump was up over 50% approval um, when we were putting these memes out at the time. And then 2018, he was up 51%, stuff like that. Maybe it would slip to 47%, but nevertheless. So, Justin, uh, this is another poll. This is by Predict, Predict It. It says, Blake Masters is now favored to win the Arizona Senate race in the betting markets via Predict It. Arizona State Senate odds on September 3rd. So the Democrat, oh, in, on September 3rd, the uh, it was 72 uh, cents to 33 cents. It was a betting odds, right, uh, in, the, in, the bet, in the bets. Um, so they, they have cents, you know, they, they're using money. Um, but here now, Masters is up 56 to 47 in the betting odds. The, the the Vegas odds. This is um no I mean this is Arizona though, but Blake Masters is now favored to win Arizona Senate race over Kelly. Wow, that's because these these Democrats can't debate. They can't defend their issues. That's why every one of these debates was won by the the Republicans. Take Georgia for example. The Senate Herschel Walker right now holds a three point lead over Raphael Warnock, and that's using the insideradvantage.com poll. 550 likely voters, and it says Senate, uh, Herschel Walker, 48, Raphael Warnock, 45, three-point lead for Herschel Walker. Brian Kemp is up nine points, and believe me, because Stacey Abrams is running so poorly, 
And uh, Brian Kemp, who I don't like, is up nine points. That that's going to have an, a coattail effect because people generally are going to vote straight ticket. Then you got the lieutenant governor, Burt Jones, a Republican, up six points over Charlie Bailey. That's all in Georgia, right there. So we got a poll. Um, this one blew my mind. This one blew my mind. This is the Tiffany Smiley within one point. It's a statistical dead heat because the plus minus is 2.9%. It's She's within one point of Patty Murray in Washington Senate race. Patty Murray, the Democrat, 49%. Tiffany Smiley, 48%. That's using the the most reliable Trafalgar group. And it's a 2.9%. And the thing is I'm hearing is the Democrats just thought that they were going to win in these blue states and didn't have any ground game. So they don't even have a rigged, um, they don't have their election rigging. They only election rig in the key battleground states. They have an apparatus there. They don't have an apparatus in Washington. They're not supposed to be contested in Oregon and Washington. So they don't have an apparatus <clears throat> like they do in Pennsylvania and Georgia and, you know, in these states that are Michigan, Wisconsin, you know, the traditional battleground states, Arizona. <clears throat> Take Pennsylvania, for example. Pennsylvania, you got the application.marketsite.com. It's a market site poll, people's pundit poll, big data poll. Okay. So it says if tw- in 2024 presidential race, they got President Trump winning 47 to 44 in Pennsylvania, which I don't know why it would even be that close, but it's Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania is still like considered a blue state. But you got this. You got um, you got the Pennsylvania generic ballot. GOP forty nine, Democrats forty six. The Pennsylvania governor's race. You got Josh Shapiro. This is going to be a little bit troubling for Mehmet Oz. So Mehmet Oz is up forty eight to forty six. That's a two point lead over Fetterman. But then you got the flip. For the governorship, Mastriano's behind five points to Shapiro, which Mastriano's weak showing is going to hurt Mehmet Oz. So that's a that's a toss up, really. It's too close to too close for comfort. Now, in the other one, the coefficient, uh, you got Oz up three points in the coefficient. You got Oz up two points in the People's Pundit. You got Oz up three points in the Insider Advantage over Fetterman. And under the Wix, you have Oz up three points, 50 to 47. So Oz is winning across the board for the Senate seat. And we really want to see Mastriano uh, win the governorship in Pennsylvania as well. So get out and vote, folks. You have to get out and vote. If you're a Republican, vote. If you're a Democrat, stay home. Don't vote. Suck your thumb and play uh, video games. So New York Times poll, uh, generic congressional ballots. Arizona, Republicans up seven points. 
Uh, Georgia, Republicans are up four points. Nevada, Republicans are up four points. Pennsylvania, it's a dead heat, 46-46. So in Arizona, Kerry Lake is up three points over Katie Hobbs, 50-47. to The AZ, that's for the governorship. The AZ Senate, they got, in this other poll, they got uh, Masters down one point, but it's a, it, they have a uh, li- Libertarian that's taken three points. And guess what? The Libertarian's taken them all from Blake uh, Masters, right? Well, he just stepped down, and he endorsed Blake Masters. That's a big deal, folks. So that's a game changer. That's 800 likely voters. That's the most recent in Arizona. So you still have Blake Masters looking like he's going to take it. In Ohio, uh, no, no, this is the Ohio predictive poll. Um, They got Lake up two points. They got Masters uh, up one point. Um, You got a lot of different Arizona polls here. And, uh, oh, in Utah, Mike Lee is up 10 points over Evan McMullen. And you also have New Mexico. New Mexico is a very liberal state. You got the incumbent, Grisham, only up two points over Ranchetti. Three-point shift towards Ranchetti from September. And that's a 1,000-vote uh, poll. So this, this, this guy, Mark Ranchetti, you got to get out and vote for him. Take back New Mexico. The Texas poll has Greg Abbott up 13 points over Beto O'Rourke. And Lieutenant uh, Dan Patrick's up 15%, Republican. And Ken Paxton, uh, he's up 12 points over Garza. So there's just a lot of uh, polls that we have to talk about. And even in the New York governor's race, Lee Zeldin is beating Kathy Hochul by one point. That is amazing, folks. The Republicans are poised for a complete sweep next week in the House, the Senate, and the State Houses. Well, that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams Show, and I want to thank everybody for tuning in to our show. Be sure to check out uh, Genesis Gold. Genesis Gold is uh, where you can take your IRA funds and move them to gold and precious metals, gold, silver. And if you want to find out more about them, dial 1-800-385-4653, and you'll be glad you did. Use Red State over at MyPillow.com, and uh, we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody. Just to bury my kids right up to there.